Hey, welcome to the Faith NFM podcast. We appreciate your time today, and we encourage you to head on over to faithnfm.com where you can find the notes for this presentation, as well as links to all that's happening around Faith Assembly. Our hope is that this message helps move you forward in your faith journey. Well, Pastor Blake asked me to speak today. I kind of argued with him a little bit, and he says, no, I want you to do it. I said, I'll do better at the golf cart, and he goes, and I'll do this. And so I said, okay, he's the boss. So I said, all right. Plus, I'm trying to butter him up because I'm working on this little idea with the golf cart. You know, I'm retired now, and so you're always looking for another stream of income, so I'm thinking about installing a tip jar on the golf cart. Uh, you know, just a little something. Give me some coffee or something. I don't know. Well, this morning I thought we'd talk about how to handle trouble. What do you do when trouble comes? There's a story in Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 and 33 that we're going to look at that kind of gives us some direction in life about handling trouble and what happens. Now, let's be sure we all understand what we're talking about here. Trouble is a source of difficulty. It's an inconvenience. It's a discomfort. It causes alarm to us. It makes us worried. It just deals with it. It comes in a variety of ways. You do something wrong, and you know it's wrong, and you've got trouble because you did it, right? Or a hurricane comes, and suddenly we all got some trouble, don't we? Trouble shows up. Uh, there's a sense of being overwhelmed with this, just what's happening in life and your job and everything else. And you're just kind of going, what do I do? You've got trouble. There's relationship issues that happen here and there for nobody's fault and trouble just shows up. You get discouraged. You get depressed. Trouble's there. So what do you do when trouble comes? Because it comes to all of us. So the first thing is, understand something, eventually troubles will come. Well, what a great way to start out, right? Uh, you know, that's such great news. Troubles are going to come. Now, I don't tell you this to be negative. I tell you this so you're not shocked. Because sometimes trouble comes and, oh, what did I do to deserve this? God, I'm trying to do what's right, and here this happens. I don't understand this. Why me? And we try to whine and complain, and we just don't expect it, and we think we don't deserve it, but troubles come. In verse 22 of our text, immediately after this, Jesus had been teaching, Jesus insisted that His disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake when He sent the people home. So, it's His idea, right? After sending them, the crowd, home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble, there it is, far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. And about three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them walking on the water. Now, the Sea of Galilee sits in a bowl. It is a huge lake, we would call it. It is the lowest freshwater lake, sea in the world. It would be the lowest in the world, except a few miles away is something we call the Dead Sea, which is the lowest point on earth. Going to Israel in February of next year, great trip. Encourage you to go. Still got time, but don't wait too long. So they're in this place where the winds whip down, stir it up, creates a real havoc and they're in trouble. Here's what Jesus said in His ministry. I, Him speaking, have told you all this so that you may have peace in Me. Here on earth you will have just a very few trials. 
and sorrows. Now, you will have many trials, sorrows, troubles, but take heart because I have overcome the world. So we begin with understanding eventually troubles come into life. Secondly, express your fears. Don't be one of these people who says, I'm not afraid of nothing. That's just not true. All of us have fears to some degree. Be willing to express them. Or in other words, be willing to admit them. Yes, I'm in this midst. I'm kind of troubled by this. I'm afraid. I, I got a little fear. Verse 26 of our text. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. It's a ghost. See, here's the problem. Fear causes you to see things incorrectly. Trouble causes you to look at life wrong. And I have to understand that. And to understand that, I've got to be honest with myself about what I'm dealing with. It's here. It's a part of me. I've got to handle this. I'm really kind of shaky in whether I'm up to it. I don't know how I'm going to deal with it. I don't have an answer for this. So I am, in a sense, kind of concerned. I, I just don't know. I'm a little troubled by this. I'm a little afraid of what's going to happen. So you start worrying. You don't need to raise your hand, but anybody in the room, a worrier. Some of you are professional worriers. You worry a lot about everything. And so I've got to come to that place where I'm honest with myself. The psalmist put it this way in Psalm 56, verse 3. When I am afraid, he admitted it, right? I will put my trust in you. When I'm afraid, I'll trust you. So, come to that place where, okay, trouble's a part of life. I just have to deal with it. And when it comes, I'm a little shaky sometimes. Thirdly, encounter the voice of God. In your troubles, God is always speaking. He's always got something to say. He's close to you. Verse 27, Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. Wow. So, what's the first thing we understand? What's the first thing he does? They're terrified. They're looking around. They think they're seeing a ghost. They don't understand what's going on. And what's the say? Say, fellas, it's okay. I'm here. Now, here's a question I have for you today. In the midst of your troubles, do you understand that God's there? I'm here. I'm not going to abandon you. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to put you in a place where you're all alone. I, I want you to understand something. You're not alone in this. I'm here. So, his solution for them is very simple. He doesn't eliminate the troubles. He just says, it's okay, I'm here, I got this. And he still says that, doesn't he? And so you and I will have to choose between fear or courage. Fear says you're not going to ever make it. Courage says, I can do this. Fear tries to destroy courage. And so in the middle of our troubles, always know God is with you. 
I'm here. I'm here. Next, and you're not going to like this one. Enjoy the risk. What? Enjoy the risk. You see, in the midst of the struggles that you're in, you're going to have to do something. Fear tends to paralyze us. It tends to cause us to get stuck. We stay in the same place. And God says, look, I'm here. Get moving. Enjoy the risk. Verse 28 of our text. Peter called to him. Now, notice the language here. Lord, if it's really you. You know, you know what? I, I'd want to, I want to be more certain than that. There, and that word if, he's still not completely certain, is he? If it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yeah, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. <laughs> wow. But, you know, enjoy it? Well, James says it this way in James chapter 1, verse 2. He says, brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind, any kind, come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. How many of you think when you're in the midst of your troubles that there's joy? There's joy ahead, isn't there? There's joy that's there, if it's really you. Peter wasn't absolutely certain, but he jumped anyway. He went over the side of the boat. Yeah, he sunk, but he got out of the boat. He was one of only two that walked on water, he and Jesus. You will never eliminate fear. You will never have absolute certainty. You will have to take a risk and you will need courage. You act in spite of your fear. Now understand this thing. It's there in your notes. Lack of action adds fuel to fear. You get frozen. You begin to worry more. You begin to understand that there's a partnership going on between fear and worry. You begin to let them settle in. You begin to say, what am I going to do? How can I handle this? What's going to happen? And so I'm going to have to do something. Now, you see, we live in a culture in our day and time when no one ever wants to take a risk. We want absolute certainty. In fact, we go overboard. Parents today are so much trying to protect their kids from anything bad happening. You know, I want, I want to save them from this. I want to do this. I don't want to risk anything. I got to eat this sign of food. I got to deal with this. I got to have this. I got to have this. Because God forbid I do something that, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just want answers. I want to play it safe. I, I want to be con conservative. I don't want to move out too much. And, and people who don't take risk don't accomplish anything in life. And so we got to be willing to say there's a risk involved. Mom raising kids, my line used to be, they're going to go climb a tree. Parents say, oh, no, don't climb the tree. You'll get hurt. You'll hurt a squirrel or something. I don't know. You know, and you might get hurt as well. But go climb the tree. I've got speed dial now. I call the hospital. Take a risk. So it's a calculated risk. Notice, understand something. Jesus didn't invite Peter to come. Peter invited himself. Peter 
took the initiative, didn't he? If it's you, I want to come. He moved. So you take a calculated risk. How do you do that? Again, I've given it to you. You seek clarity from God. God, if it's you, God, I want to do everything to keep focused on you. I want to see you in this. I want to remind myself, you're with me. I'm not alone. Make sure you're moving towards God. What am I going to do that's going to bring me closer to God in this? How can I walk this way to know that God will be there and you keep your eyes on Him? You never eliminate the risk. There's a story told about a man who went to work for three months at the House of the Dying. It was the place that Mother Teresa ran in Calcutta. And he was seeking a clear answer as to how he could best spend the rest of his life. And on the first morning there, Mother Teresa met him and said to him, son, she said, what can I do for you? And he replied, would you pray for me? And she said, well, what do you want me to pray for you about? And he said, look, I've traveled thousands of miles from the United States, and pray that I have clarity. Pray that I see everything clear. And she said firmly, no. I will not do that. And he said, what? Why? Clarity is the last thing you are clinging to and must let go of. And when the man commented, well, you always seem to have clarity. You always seem to know what you're doing. She just laughed and said, I've never had clarity. What I've always had is trust. So I pray that you will trust God. Craving clarity, we attempt to eliminate the risk of trusting God. Fear of the unknown and the past stretching ahead destroys trust. We call this faith. And the righteous will live by their faith. So I have to be willing in life to understand God isn't going to give me a clear roadmap on this. I'm not going to hear a voice speaking from the heavens, do this. What I do have is an understanding that God is here. He's with me. I don't need to be afraid. I don't need to be afraid. I don't care what you see going on in the world today, and we're going to hear a lot more of it. You don't need to be afraid. You don't need to be afraid. Well, the, old, old, the old man's just repeating himself. He can't remember what he said. Over and over again throughout Scripture, there's a command. Jesus gives it often. Don't be afraid. Trust me. Take a risk. Be willing to keep moving knowing that I'm going to be with you and you're not going to be alone. Live by faith. Don't just get frozen because, oh no, this will happen. What if I do this? What if I do this? What if I do this? Oh no, what's going to happen? Move with what little you know, knowing that God is with you. Enjoy the risk. You take the step. Boy, God, I, it's going to be exciting to see how this turns out. God, I don't understand this, but I know you're there. I'm not alone. 
So you take that risk, and then you expect the fear to return. You see, what did Jesus say? In this world you will have many, right? And just because you've got through it once doesn't mean you're never going to have to go through it again, and it keeps coming back. Verse 30, but when he saw, Peter, the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. It's not a one-time battle. It's not something you just do, okay, I've got this, I'll do this, and now everything's good. I'll never have to deal with this again. That is not true. Because you know what? The enemy knows your weakness. And he knows what terrifies you. And he knows what you're afraid of. And he keeps working and manipulating to bring that back. And sometimes God just sends you into a battle to know that, here, you can go here and we're going to test your faith. And we're going to put it to practice so that you can grow in it and become more mature in it. And I have to understand that just because I've won one battle doesn't mean I'm not going to have to face another one sometime. It's a part of being alive. Well, Pastor, doesn't it ever get better than this? Isn't there ever a time where I just get to have peace and no troubles and no problems? Yes, there is that time. It's called heaven. Problem is, you have to die to go there. No one wants to do that. And so you come to that place where I understand, okay, this is a part of what's going to take place throughout life. But I don't have to be afraid because God is there. And so the next point is, embrace the hand of God. What, does, what happens when Peter says, God, help me? Well, it's easy. Jesus looks at him and says, hey, you got yourself into this mess. Get yourself out. Hope you took life-saving lessons. Hope you learned how to swim. Good luck, boy. You wanted to come here. It's your idea, not mine. Is that what he did? Now, verse 31, Jesus immediately, immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith. You didn't trust me. And Jesus said, why did you doubt me? When you're going through the midst of the trouble, you have a choice. You can either look at your problems or you can focus on God, your call. But when you focus on your problems, you're going to sink. You're going to be overwhelmed. You're going to struggle. But when you look at God, you have courage. You have hope. You have someone who can help you. And the reason we can take a risk is because God is there to give us a hand when we sink. Well, I'm not sure, Pastor. You know, I made a really horrible mistake, and I've created a lot of problems for myself. I understand that. Welcome to the club. But God's with us, and He's there to help us. Because when you fail, God doesn't. When you fall, God doesn't. When you're afraid, God's not. When you don't have the strength to go on, God does. 
And the moment you begin to doubt Him, you're sunk. The moment you get your eyes on your problems and not on God, you're sunk. Now, fear makes it hard to see God. Fear tends to make you take your eyes off God. If you're worrying, your eyes aren't on God, are they? The answer is no. And that's what fear does. It tends to grab your attention. It tends to whisper to you, you're not going to make this. You don't have what it takes. You deserve everything you're getting. You're helpless here. Why go on? You can't do anything more. Just give up. Just sink and drown. You can't get out of this. You've gone too far. You've done too much. And all you have to do is stop those thoughts and say, God, help me. And He will reach down His hand and take yours and say, I got this. And thus Paul writes in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. I can do everything through Him who gives me strength. And finally, exalt God. Exalt God by putting your attention on Him, your focus on Him, who He is, how great He is. Don't make your storms bigger. Make God bigger. Verse 32, when they climb back into the boat, the wind stopped. Now think about this. Jesus picks up Peter. The storm's still going on. They had to walk together back to the boat. Jesus grabbing him. Peter probably still a little terrified. What's going on? So they climb back in the boat. When they get in the boat, the wind stops. You see, sometimes the trouble doesn't stop immediately, does it? Sometimes it keeps going, but if God's got you, you're going to make it back to the boat, aren't you? The disciples worshipped Him. You really are the Son of God, they explained. A little fear, a little awe, a little confusion in their worship. You see, it's impossible to worship God and be afraid. When you walked into this building today and we sang some songs and gave you the opportunity to give God praise and to worship Him, maybe you were standing there thinking about all the problems you got and all the things you're going to have to deal with in the week ahead. And your troubles overwhelmed you. Or hopefully what you did was, you know what, all those things are there, but I am in a place today where God is here. And I'm going to worship Him because He is the solution to all my troubles. He is the help in all my troubles. And you focus on God and not the fear. Thus the psalmist writes in Psalm 34, verse 1, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will con constantly speak His praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. 
Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt His name together. I prayed to the Lord and He answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Fear over is overcome when we focus and listen and embrace the higher authority, the one who is greater in the midst of it all. And don't wait till trouble comes to worship. Be doing that even before it happens. It will help you deal with it easier. So Timothy writes to us this great encouragement in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. That's good news. That's good news. I don't know what kind of trouble you're facing today. For some of you, you're in the midst of it. For some of you, you've just came out of it. For some of you, you're getting ready to go back into it. But are you allowing your troubles to be greater than God? Are you allowing them to paralyze you in life where you come to some bad conclusions that want to make, help you make bad choices? Wouldn't now be a good time to recognize, God, I thank you that you're here with me. I thank you that you're not going to let me sink, that you're going to get me through this, that you'll go with me every step of the way, that I'm not alone. I'm going to seek you. I'm going to come after you to the best of my ability. I'm going to do what's right in your sight. And I know that you will help me get through this. And maybe you're listening today and you haven't given your life to God and you're trying to handle life all on your own. Good luck with that one. Because the troubles you face are greater than you are. Maybe you need to give your life to Christ today by asking Him to forgive you and committing to follow Him and serve Him and not yourself. So would you just take a moment just right where you are this morning would you just take a moment and just talk to God? Maybe you just want to thank Him for what He's brought you through. Maybe you just want to say, God, help me. I'm here. I'm going through this. and uh, Help me to keep my eyes on you. Maybe you just want to take a moment and say, thanks for being so great. Whatever it might be. Just take a moment. thank you today that whenever the storms come in our life that they don't overwhelm you that you are greater you are above it all and we can take a hold of you and you will not fail us you will not let go of us you will help us get through it Thank you for that confidence that we have today. In thy name we pray. Amen. There's a little phrase that I've used over the years that I think has a lot of validity to it. It's simply this. Whatever has your attention gives you power.
Where your attention goes, power flows. If you give all your attention to your troubles, your troubles have a lot of power over you, don't they? But if you give your attention to God, He has a lot of power for you, doesn't He? So choose to focus on Him today. Hey, thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or would like to speak to someone concerning this message, we invite you to fill out our online communication card at faithnfm.com. And if you're able, we'd love to have you with us in person on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 1045 a.m. or on the best night of the week for Wednesday prayer at 7 p.m. We're at 7101 Bayshore Road in North Fort Myers, just two miles west of I-75 at exit 143. Thanks again for listening.